were, there were some men who had the courage to reach out to my dad. They knew he loved to play basketball. He was very good, which, which explains a lot. Um, I always wondered where my gift came from um, on the basketball court. And uh, I'm kidding, I'm not that good. But uh, they invited him, and they, they took a risk, and they shared the Lord with him. And he gives his life to the Lord. Um, ends up falling in love with an amazing woman, from what I understand, who was, who was my mother. Um, and she was a Bible woman, they call her, you know, um, that just loved the Lord. And she was a Bible teacher in Hong Kong. And they end up falling in love, um, moving to the States. And uh, they were in San Francisco, where I was born. And... Um, and my mother actually died while she was giving birth to me. And, and you know, I, I, I just, I, I think about all that. And, and the way everything came together. Um, and then, and then my, my, my mother, after she died, uh, you know, my parents sent me to Hong Kong to, to, or my dad sent me to Hong Kong to grow up with my grandmother. And I lived there for about four or five years. That's why my Chinese is so good. Um, but, uh, you know, we came back to the States because my dad remarried another great Christian woman. Um, and, then, uh, and then when I was about eight years old, my stepmother died in a car accident. And uh, then, uh, then my dad got married again and then he died when I was 12 of cancer. And I, I was pretty lost at that time, you know? Um, and we, my dad, he, he had us going to a Chinese Baptist church uh, in Stockton, California. And uh, after he passed away, Reverend uh, Peter Chan, who was here, you know, took over the church, he and his wife, Sylvia, and, and they became like family to me, you know, because I was living with this third mother that I didn't know real well and didn't get along with real well. I even remember uh, my brother, you know, who was like my only close relative, you know, got in a fight with my stepmom, and, and I remember he like punched a hole in our windshield. He was so mad at my mom and just ran out of the car and and so now my brother is gone like my only real security it's like wow uh, i'm here with this woman i i i what what do i do my brother just ran away i i, I just remember that day like it, it was just like this weird day where i was just confused you know you're just kind of a kid and you don't, you don't have a whole lot of security. You don't know what's going on. And I just remember, I, I, you know, when we got home, I didn't know what to do, so I just ran. I just got out of the house and I just ran to the church. Because that was like a safe place to me. I didn't understand Jesus. I didn't know God. I just knew, you know, I knew, you know, Pastor Peter and, 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 and Sylvia would, would take care of me. Um, 
I, I just didn't know. I just ran to the church and I told them, I go, my brother got mad and ran away and I don't know where he went. I don't know where to find him. So I just, you know, I just started running over here and, and I got to the church and, and just, would you guys help me look for him? Will you tell me what to do? I just don't even know what to do. And so, you know, I, 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 just, I just remember those days and I think, gosh, that was my safe place as a kid. Um, and eventually my brother, you know, he, he had run home by then. And then I got in trouble for running away. Um, he didn't even get in trouble. I got in trouble. I'm like, how'd that work? Um, but, uh, but I just remember, okay, that's, that's some place I can go. There's a place where, um, I still have family, even though my, my mom and dad are, are gone. Even if my brother ran away, I had family at the church and I didn't, I guess I came here because I thought, you know, I owe a lot to my upbringing. I owe a lot to the foundation that was laid for me there. Um, and during worship, it hit me. I really owe a lot to those, those men who, who 60 years ago invited someone to play basketball with them. And I was just thinking about that. Would they have any clue that, that that guy would give his life to the Lord, one day fall in love with this woman, that they would have a child, and, and, and that son was going to grow up and become a, a pastor, and that God would use me in some way here in America, and then come full circle back here? Like, was that ever in his mind? There's no way. Like, like the little things that we do, you know, just in faith, like just reaching out to someone, you're thinking, okay, they might reject me, they might accept me, but you don't understand, man, there could be something that's going to happen 60 years from now because God ordained that time and called you to be there at that time. It, it made me think of that passage in, in Acts chapter 17. In, in Acts chapter 17, verse, verse 24 it says, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything. Because he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth. Listen to this, having predetermined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God in the hope that they might feel their way toward him and find him, yet he is actually not far from each one of us. It's one of those passages that tells us, don't, don't take yourself so seriously. First of all, the God who made the world. Do you think he really needs you to serve him? He made your hands. Does he need human hands to now build him a house or serve him in some way? He says, no. In fact, God is always the giver. He's given everything. He's giving me life right now. And it says that he determined when I was going to be born. See, somehow in God's mind, he knew those men would talk to my dad as a kid. He knew that was going to happen. He set that up. He had him love this game, and he had these men have enough courage to reach out to him. 
And he allotted that time. He determined that. He made that happen in that time. So that one day, he would meet this woman. And they would have a child. Their last child together. And her last day on earth was putting me on the earth. And God determined that. And he determined everything that would happen with my dad and everything. So that why? So that I might feel my way towards God and find him. It was all in his mind. It's all him. And sometimes we can stress ourselves out thinking, okay, how am I going to help my church? How am I going to fix this? What am I going to do on this earth? And you have to understand there's so much that's already been determined by God. And to go, God, just thank you. That's where I was there just weeping, going, God, thank you. This has nothing to do with, why am I standing on this stage right now? Why have all these things happened in my life over my 47 years of existence? It's because of God. And as I think about, Lord, why do you have me here? Because there's a reason. It might be for someone here in this room, someone listening in one of the other rooms through translation. I don't know. You just go, and you just go where God's called you, and you just be, be faithful for that day. doesn't mean how small the crowd is, how big the crowd is, what nationality the crowd is. You just, you just go. You just obey. You go talk to whoever you need to talk to, because God may have bigger plans than what you can see right there at that day and so it just uh, I want to thank again those who reached out to my dad you know probably 60 years ago and uh, and let you know that I have lived an amazing life I, I, I cannot believe the things that God has done in my life it has been a, an absolute miracle um, my wife and I we just adopted a 16 year old girl a few weeks ago and it's been amazing integrating her into our family um, through the foster system. But we, we love her. We love her like our own child. You know, from what we read from Scripture, that's what we're supposed to do, um, is to, to care for widows and orphans and care for those who don't have fathers. Um, it's been wonderful. At the same time, my wife is pregnant with our seventh child right now, you know? <laughs> So I've got a, you know, 19-year-old in college, you know, and everything else and, uh, you know, in between and then a, a baby coming in December. So I'm, I'm busy, okay? I, I, got a, I got a few things going on here. Um, but, uh, but God had a plan. God had a plan in all of that. He just ordained all of that. And, but I think, okay, why, why am I here? Um, I really believe he ordained something here. Um, I don't want to take this lightly because I thought, you know what? My words might impact someone here who will then in turn impact your children and impact others. When I was a part, another reason why I came here was, you know, I grew up in that Chinese church, but... I didn't know Jesus that whole time I was there. I never understood him. No one really explained him to me in a way that I understood. Um, I memorized stuff, you know. I could say the Lord's Prayer still in Chinese. You know, and I, I don't, I can, 
I learned how to recite things, you know, we, we would sing songs, you know, in Chinese, and I didn't really know what they were singing, and, and I'm grateful for the foundation, but at the same time, I also didn't, I didn't come to know the Lord in the Chinese church. I didn't, I didn't get it, and, and when I look, every once in a while, I'll run into one of my friends that we used to hang out together at the Chinese church, and we're all grown up now, and and uh, we'll run into each other, and they don't follow Jesus anymore. Hardly any of them follow Jesus anymore. In fact, they say, based upon their church experience, they go, well, I, I went to church. I got nothing out of it. And so I don't believe anymore. And, and, and I have to do the work of going, I know, I know, okay, I was there too. And I didn't get it either. And I didn't get much out of it either. I go, but later on in life, when I began to pursue God, I mean, I really experienced him. He's real, he's real. But it was almost like I had to get them to believe in Jesus in spite of the church. Because all I remember as a kid, I remember being sad when our church split, you know, and some of the adults couldn't get along. I don't know what the issues are. I still, to this day, don't know why they had to split up. All I knew was that, you know, my friends that I used to play basketball with as a kid, you know, half of us went one way, half went the other. We didn't have enough to play football anymore. You know, it was just, okay, I guess we have two churches now, and we're not supposed to like them, and they're not supposed to like us. And, and you know, you, you just these church splits, you know, as adults, we, we don't realize what it does to children, you know, because we can't get along. We fight about stuff. And then, you know, other kids that grew up in the church talk to me now, and they go, yeah, the hypocrisy of my parents. You know, they said, man, you saw my dad at church, but you, you didn't know what he was like at home. I was like, really, you know? And you start hearing these stories, and it makes me sad. You know, I, I was in China about uh, three years ago because I just wanted to go see the Chinese church, the underground church, because you hear about so many wonderful things happening in the Chinese underground church, and it was amazing. I, mean, I met a bunch of people that were headed into missions, you know, in this underground church. I mean, the passion, the way they wept, and the way they would do anything for the Lord. And I, I just remember asking God, why is it that the church in China is so strong and so committed? And yet when I looked at the Chinese church in America, we struggle so much. And there's so much that's just done out of ritual, and, and so many Chinese churches are just trying to hold together and collect enough to just stay alive. Why is that? And I ask God, can I be part of the solution? Can I help in some way? Is there anything you want me to do? Because I was created for a reason, for a purpose. And some of you here today, which even in this building, it was great talking to Justin about this church and, and, and hearing that, that, we're, that we're, you're gathering believers in here and, and it seems like something is happening and I praise God for that and I... I hope that there'll be many more. I hope that there's a new generation that rises up and says, you know, yeah, maybe we didn't have the best experience and maybe we didn't get it, but there were faithful people um, in those churches and thank God for them and thank God for that foundation. And it's because of that foundation that we later began to pursue God and we found him.
I'm here because I have lived an absolute miracle. Um, I would not trade my life for anyone's. I, I thank God even for the deaths of my parents because it got me thinking at a very young age about eternal things. And um, I thank God for my wife. I've been married for almost 21 years now. Um, she's Caucasian, sorry. Um, <laughs> ruined the bloodline there, but... Um, uh, <laughs> I know that disappointed some people, but uh, um, amazing life. But and and I just I want this for everyone, you know. When you experience something, you you know, like when you go to a really good restaurant, you know, and you go, wow, that was so good. You just want everyone to go there. Yeah, the you know, and you you just tell everyone, you know, go go, you know, it tastes so good. You know, it's the same thing, like. You guys, my life is a miracle. I mean, I just look, I look at my kids every day. I look at, you know, the things I get to do around the world every day, the trips to Africa and feeding the poor. And go, gosh, I can't believe I get to do that. You know, speaking in these different places, you know, working in the inner city, you know, talking to people coming out of prison and, and, and out of addiction. I mean, it's like, God, this is, this is a dream come true, even taking this girl into our home. I mean, what a joy that was. You know, in fact, the, 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 the um, what do you call it, the social worker was over the other night and, and says, hey, how long can this girl stay here? And I looked at the girl and I said, look, you can stay here as long as you want. I go, I, I, I'll take you in as my daughter. Like, what's mine is yours. Like, like this, this is just everything I have. I'll treat you like any one of my daughters. And to see the look on her face of like, I mean, it just makes you so happy because you realize, man, that's exactly what God said to me. He's just saying, Francis, everything that is mine is yours. I'll take you as my very own son. I'll adopt you. And, and so the joy of being able to even represent God, God who was a father to the fatherless, God who has been my dad my whole life and has watched me from day one and even before I was born, and now he gives me the privilege of acting like him and saying, look, I'll do the same thing for you. What do you, what, you can be my daughter. I know we just met, but everything that's mine is yours. Wow, I get to, I get to be a picture of God to someone. That This is the greatest joy, and I just want it for everyone. But honestly, I didn't know Jesus even though I attended church for years. And it was later on in life when I pursued him. My parents were dead, and I decided to follow Jesus. I decided to follow Jesus. I pursued him. I started reading his word for myself. See, when I was a kid, I was forced to go to church. I had to go to church. I had no choice. E even my stepmom made us go. I remember me and my brother would pretend we're dead asleep when it's time for church. And she wouldn't have it. She would wake us up and make us go. We didn't want to go. And therefore, I didn't really know God. Because it wasn't my desire. It was something I was forced into. But I tell you. When I began to pursue God, 
when I started praying to him myself and the way he would answer my prayers. It was, it was insane. I mean, from, from little things to giant things. I, I remember one time I was praying. I was praying for the rich people. I was, I was just bothered when I go, God, look at all these rich people that are in churches. They have all this money, and they only give like 5 10%. You know, so you make a million dollars, and you're going to, you know, give 50000 and spend the rest on yourself. I go, God, I don't understand that. I go, would you bring a new generation of rich people who will just live like normal human beings and give the rest to you and show that they believe in eternity? And we're just praying that to God. I go, God, rich people don't live like they, they really believe there's a heaven. I said, God, would you make a new generation of people who are extremely successful and they give it all to you? And at the end of my prayer, I go, God, or just make me rich. I'll do it. I told Michael, God, make me rich. I'll do it. I mean, that was ridiculous. At the time, I was making $36,000 a year, you know, at the church, you know, with the kids. You know, because, and I chose that. I wanted to live simply. Just a simple prayer. Little did I know. I was writing a book. I didn't know I could write. You know, I seriously didn't. I, I, I was so insecure about writing. I just felt like God told me to write. So I started writing and writing this book and so insecure. I'm like, hey, film some videos because I know I can talk. I don't think I can write. Well, we'll put the book with some videos and this and that. And next thing you know, it becomes this best-selling book. And I'm going, what? And the next year I made like a million dollars. And I was like, honey, we better not touch any of this, you know? This is the answer to my prayer. I'm not touching any of that money. We're going to give it all. We're going to give it all, every dime of it, to the poor. This is what God, miracle after miracle, the way God listened to me. I know there's a God. None of this could be coincidence. So I could, I could, I could sit up here the whole time and just tell you story after story where I spoke to him and he answered me. I mean, sometimes it's to the point where I'll cry because I can't believe it. Other times I'll just, I'll, I'll have chills because I'm going, I just spoke to God and he answered me. But I think about how many people attend church services but don't really know God and, and haven't really experienced him. And I see it, I see it so often in Chinese churches where people go out of routine or they're forced to, and I'm just going, oh, there's so much more. You, you've got to know him. You have to pursue him. And God has a reason for your life, and there's a reason why I'm here. One of the passages that uh, had such a big impact on me, and, and, and I, uh, I think it fits for for what God's teaching me tonight is, is in Jeremiah 1. See, this was a passage, this was weird. It was a, it was a time when, I, I don't know, I was probably like 30 or so, and I was just so stressed out. I, I started having heart, you know, uh, murmur things, you know, just when you're young, I was just trying to do everything. And I remember at one point just going, gosh, I need to be alone with the Lord. I just want to get away from all the people. And I just want to be alone with my creator. I was just pursuing him because I loved him. And I thought, you know, I go on vacation with my wife or I go on vacation with my kids. 
but when do I ever go on vacation with just me and God because I just love him and I miss him and I just want to be alone with him with no interruptions. And, and, uh, and so I, I ended up going out to, um, out to the woods and it was one of those times where I spent four days out in the woods just by myself, um, just me and God. And I remember sitting next to like a little stream one day and, and I just thought, okay, Lord, I'm just going to do one of those, open up the Bible and see where it lands, right? And it landed on Jeremiah chapter one. And I got to verse four, um, four and five, and I just kept staring at it. And that whole four days, I ended up just studying Jeremiah 1 because there was so much in it for me. Because in Jeremiah 1, verse 4, it says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. That verse was so weird to me. It's the way it's phrased in verse 5. Before, think about this. This is God speaking to Jeremiah. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I just sat there staring. Like, that doesn't make sense. How can you know someone before you make that person? God's telling Jeremiah, I hadn't even formed you in the womb yet, and then I already knew you. And, and, and it says, before you were born. So before you even came out of your mother's womb, I consecrated you, I appointed you a prophet to the nations. God was, God was telling Jeremiah, look, I knew you before I made you. I already decided before you came out of your mother's womb, I already decided you were going to be a prophet to the nations. And I just sat there staring at that and studying, going, wait, how wait, so you determined before he was even born, you knew this, you consecrated him? I thought, that's weird. Then I start thinking, Okay, God, is that true of me? Wait, if that's true, then before I was even born, you knew what you were making. And before I was born, you determined that I would be here today. Is that true? And you know, when you know in seminary you're taught when you, you learn something in scripture and it doesn't really sit right, you start thinking, okay, let me think in light of all of scripture. What do we know? And I start thinking about Ephesians, Ephesians chapter two, how it says, By grace we're saved by you know, we're saved by grace through faith. It's not of our works, but then what does it say in, in, in verse 10? It says, We are his workmanship. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he determined beforehand that we should walk in them. 
I'm going, wow, well, that's what it says in Ephesians. Ephesians 2, when he's talking to those who've been saved by grace through faith, that they are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he determined beforehand that we would walk in them. And I thought, man, that's, that's, that's basically the same thing you're saying to Jeremiah. Like, before you were born, I made you. I knew what you were going to do. It, 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 he wore his workmanship. And I started realizing it's, it's kind of like this, um, this podium. This podium was not an accident, right? Everyone here looks at this and goes, well, that's not an accident. It took some thought. Someone thought ahead of time. He thought, you know what? I'm going to make one of these podiums out of um, this stuff. And... Uh, and I wanted to have a little ridge here, you know, because it's strong. Like, I'm going to glue it right here. I'm going to have this go this way, so this way it balances right. And so land right there. So, so he thought it through. It was in his head. He knew what he was making. He was making it for a specific purpose. To hold up a Bible, to hold up notes, to hold up something. It was made for that reason. But he knew beforehand what he was making. And he determined beforehand what it was going to be used for. And that's what God was saying about Jeremiah. He goes, look, before you're even born, I already thought through, here's what I need. I, I need a prophet to Israel. I know, I'm going to make a Jeremiah. He says, Jeremiah, look, you've got to understand, I knew you before I even made you. Before you even came out of your mother's womb, I determined I'm making a prophet for Israel. This, this was all to tell Jeremiah, look, you can do this because in the next verse, in verse 6, he's like, I don't know how to speak. I'm only a youth. And God says, don't say I'm only a youth. You'll go to whom I send you. You'll go and whatever I command you, you'll speak. Don't be afraid of them. I'm with you to, to deliver you, says the Lord. He's reminding Jeremiah, look, I made you for this. Don't be afraid of it. Go, go speak to that guy. Invite him onto the basketball team. Just go, do, I made you for this. Don't be afraid. Say what I tell you to say. I've got this plan and you're a part of it, Jeremiah. I made you for that. Man, to know. Man, when I read that, I go, wow. I mean, I always knew that I was created by God, but just, it's just this further assurance that I'm not an accident. That I was made for a purpose. There's a reason I'm designed a certain way. Because we've all had those moments, right? Where, where you look in the mirror and you just think, I'm so weird. Right? And you just think, gosh, I'm not like anyone else. And you start to wonder about yourself. And you look too long, you get depressed, and you're just like, gosh, what in the world? But then to realize, man, I'm not an accident. Those guys bumping into my dad, that wasn't an accident. Even my mom dying during my birth was not an accident. God knew it would give me an eternal mindset where every time I leave my family, I go, in my head, I don't know if I'm going to make it home. I don't take tomorrow for granted. So I hug my kids. I love all my kids like there's no tomorrow. 
I tell people, when I was in high school, you know, after I became a Christian, I started calling everyone I knew in the high school yearbook, all the seniors, because I thought, I'll never see them again. And I got to tell them about Jesus. Because I realized, you know what, life's short. This is the stuff that matters. So I thank God. Those weren't accidents. There's a reason why I was born in a Chinese family. There's a reason why I grew up in a Chinese home. In an American context. I used to resent it when I was a little kid. You know, whenever, you know, lunchtime, you know, everyone brings their lunchbox and everyone's got a sandwich. And I've got this thing wrapped in a banana leaf with sticky rice in it. Like, ew, what's that? It's good, I got a pack of dried squid. You wanna try? You know, I used to like resent, like, what, why, you know? And you start going, you go, you know, everything has a reason. And some of us were born in that generation and we, we learned the authority of a dad and authority structure and how to honor those who are older than us. And yet maybe growing up in the American culture, we learned this other part of God, which is about affection and love and communication, conversation, <laughs> weird. Um, and somehow we can put these two worlds together because I, I think for me, I thank God for the way I was brought up. I mean, again, I think my dad was pretty harsh. I mean, he used to beat the heck out of me, you know, if I did anything wrong. But you know what? I learned respect. I learned respect for authority. I understood. So when I read those passages about a holy God and how he's someone we should fear and obey, I understand that. And then also grew up in a context with a, people who taught me what love was and what it means to have a loving father and what it means to actually be intimate with someone and have that type of relationship. And I go, man, I feel like I was given the best of both worlds. And somehow now I can use it for God's glory. And God says, I determined all this beforehand that you would walk in them. I want you to go to a lot of the people that grew up in, a, in just a typical American home that have no understanding of authority and holiness and fear for authority. Teach them that side of God. And then maybe you go back to the Asian community and help them understand that, man, that authority is actually really good. And now you couple that with relationship. Um, where you really want to know someone and understand that that's the God that we have that wants to know us and have relationship with us for us to cry out to him as a father and he would answer us and put that all together and now you have our daddy who art in heaven hallowed be that be thy name like to somehow, okay, he's my daddy, and, and I, I, I see that with my kids and the way I adore them and hug them and love them, and yet, hallowed be thy name, and I understand authority, and you somehow put our father with hallowed be thy name, and it's like, wow, what an amazing relationship, the holy, holy God of the universe that I can't even look upon, who's in charge of everything, who's keeping me breathing right now, wants me to call him Abba, Father, Baba, Father. 
That's an amazing privilege some of us have been given. And now we use it for the glory of God. And God determined this beforehand. Isn't that an amazing thought? The things that I experience in life, I thank God for. When all the other kids were doing their thing, I was like, man, my, my parents are dead. I don't know when my time is. Let me make the most of this day. Let me figure out where I'm going to be when I die. I needed to have answers at an early age, and I thank God for that. I'm not an accident. You're not an accident. He has works for you to do. We may look different. This is like a, this key. This key right here. It's totally different from this music stand, right? But nonetheless, it was created very specifically. It had to be just right. And the key can go, yeah, but I can't hold up a Bible. <laughs> you weren't made for that. You know, that's what he's supposed to do. And this is what we do in the church. You know, well, I can't preach like Francis. I can't sing like that girl. I can't play piano. We all have something. I don't know what it is. We're all designed uniquely. But that just gave me so much life. I just remember reading it that day and go, God, I'm not an accident. There's things I can do today that no one else on the earth is going to do like me. There's things this key can do that this can't. I am not going to try to cram this in the doorknob. It's just, it's just, you don't even try. But the joy of knowing I was made specifically. I'm not an accident. It's not like, and he determined this beforehand. He thought, I need to make Francis. Because I know what he's going to do. And he said that about you. Do you believe that? There was something specific he made you for. It wasn't like you were born. It wasn't like I was born and God goes, oh, okay, Chinese baby, six billion and four. What do I do with this one? <laughs> no, he thought ahead of time and said, no, I'm going to make this guy and I have a plan for him and you're not going to fail. And uh, that's what he tells Jeremiah. So he goes on, he says, look, don't, don't be afraid of anything I call you to do. Because I made you for this. In fact, um, in, uh, in verse 17 of, of Jeremiah 1, he says, Dress yourself for work. Arise and say to them everything I command you. Do not be dismayed by them, lest I dismay you before them. And I, behold, I make you this day a fortified city, an iron pillar and bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you, for I am with you, declares the Lord, to deliver you. He tells Jeremiah, don't be afraid of anyone. Don't fear anything. Don't fear anyone. He goes, if you are going to fear people, what does he say in that verse? I'll, 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 I'll give you something to be afraid of. He goes, you're going to be dismayed by people. He goes, I will dismay you before people. He goes, you're going to be afraid of people? I'll give you something to be afraid of. He goes, don't be afraid of anything. I made you for a reason, and I will stand with you. So you go. It doesn't matter if everyone's against you. You go and do what God's called you to do, and you say what God's called you to say. You are not an accident. Leave here with courage, knowing that you were made for a specific reason. You are not like me. I may be a key. You may be a music stand. We, we have... We may look like we have nothing in common. God, I only needed one of these today, okay? 
In the same way, he only needs one Francis Chan, he only needs one of you. But there's a purpose and there's a reason because I tell you, there are days when I get frustrated and I think, God, why am I not as smart as John Piper? You know, <laughs> I think that often. I'm like, man, why, I, gosh, why couldn't I think of that? You know, I, I, I think that way. I get jealous or I, I look at, you know, like, like Tim Keller. And I go, gosh, why, why can't I be like him? And I think, I'm funnier than they are. You know, I, I just, I, I, what am I crying about? Yeah, you know, we, we all have these different gifts and it's just, we have to stop complaining and worrying and having these pity parties and saying, why did you do this? Why'd you do this? Why'd you do this? And just, you know, like I did today, just break down before God and go, God, this had nothing to do with me. This happened over 60 years ago. Before I was even a thought, you knew what was going to happen, and you knew I'd be here today, and he knew you were going to be in this room today. And I would just say, if any of you hear what I'm saying today and go, man, what you were saying about being in the church and not really knowing him and experiencing him, I'm telling you, I'm promising you, you are missing out. You may be sitting in here even disgusted with your church and hiding it and not really believing it. And I believe that God had you come here tonight so that you might feel your way toward him and find him. You were brought here for a reason. And I hope you leave here with a greater security in him. But it's only gonna happen when you pursue him and has nothing to do with your parents, nothing to do with anyone else, your husband, your wife, but you at the core of your being want to know your Abba, Father, hallowed be thy name. Thank God for a wonderful heritage. Thank God for wonderful parents who at least got you to this point. But now it's up to you. Are you going to pursue him, know him, and spend the rest of your life enjoying him and serving him, doing what he made you for? Let me pray for you. God, I just thank you for the security I feel tonight. The confidence. Just knowing you made me to do things like this. You made me to speak to this crowd specifically this week. And it was all in your plan. God, thank you for giving those guys courage to talk to my dad. Thank you for my mother who had the courage to give birth to me knowing there'd be complications and giving her life for me. Thank you for those in the church that were family to me when I had no family. Thank you for reaching out to me and drawing me to yourself so that I would call you my father. Thank you for answering my prayers in the name of Jesus all of these years. Just show me that you're real and the security that just keeps growing every year in you. God, I pray that for my brothers and sisters in this room. 
And God, I hurt for those who don't really know you yet. And maybe have been hurt by the church and disillusioned by the church. May they just see that some, for some reason you had them go through all of that. And maybe it's so that we could be a part of the new church and the next generation. That I pray that you would raise up strong Chinese believers all over this country that would set the pace in loving you, knowing you, living holy lives, and reaching out unafraid, unashamed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.